Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magania, Kramer Sansa in the background, helping us keep this thing moving this evening. The NFL regular season is in the books for the Kansas City Chiefs. They improved to 11 and 6 on the season with a preseason win over the Los Angeles Chargers 13 to 12 over Easton Stick and Company and we don't really have a lot of thoughts on this game like I'm I'm gonna be totally honest we're gonna keep it kind of tight tonight and and quick just kind of discuss some playoff scenarios highlight some things that we took away from the Chiefs week 18 game obviously some injuries that we we probably need to talk about and some things that we need to highlight but Rocky Chiefs get a win and it was uh, nice to to finally kick back and not really be frustrated about anything when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. I was on pins and needles <laughs> during this game. Nail biter down to the end. Mizzou's finest coming through with the late drive to give the Chiefs their 11th victory of the season. I don't know what you're talking about, Steven. I was stressed from the get-go. They beat a guy named Easton Stick. And up until today, I thought Easton Stick was the name of a baseball bat and not an actual human being. <laughs> but uh turns out I'm wrong. He, pl- he kind of plays quarterback-ish for a really bad football team. And the Chiefs backups came in and played well enough to beat a really bad football team today. And it's good because it's good to end the season on a high note. It's good to end the season with players slapping Chris Jones's helmet because he just – hit a half-court shot to win a million dollars or whatever he did today. You know, essentially that's what it felt like. He was just, like, all game long. He was just, like, at halftime at a 76ers game, just lobbing half-court shots, trying to hit that million-dollar shot at halftime to give the guy the opportunity to hit. And, uh, yeah, it's good vibes all around. You know, this is my back-to-back week of me having good vibes all around, Steven. If I'm not careful, I may lose my reputation of being a negative Nancy. So... I, I do think there's a little concern with that because this team that has given us so much anxiety this season and so much frustration, back-to-back wins, heading into the postseason, like that that makes you feel pretty good, even though you know nobody important played today and you're going against a Chargers team that is so injured this season that their starting lineup is literally a preseason lineup. Like that's what they're fielding on a weekly basis at this point. So yeah. 13 to 12 win week 18. Great. Improved the record. Didn't do anything for you. And you know, you, you still feel good about it headed into the playoffs, but you mentioned Chris Jones and that was the biggest thing that I, I think anybody should take away from this game is that like, yeah, he had to play into the second half. You don't love that, but he was getting there in the first half. Just Easton stick is a little slippery. 
has got 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 a little legs on him and, and he kept sliding away from Chris Jones and he finally pulls it off. And, and I think this is the biggest thing. What we're seeing right now uh, on the live stream, Rocky, is the way this team celebrated that Chris Jones sack as if everybody on the team just hit a one point two five million dollar bonus. Like, I think that just says a lot about where the Chiefs heads are right now, headed into the postseason that everybody's rallying everybody's coming together it has been ugly it has been hard to watch it has been extremely frustrating for most of the season but at least it seems like they're in a good spot mentally ahead of the postseason and chris jones hitting that incentive like everyone in the locker room knew chris jones was going to hit that incentive today no matter what and everybody was waiting to celebrate and go insane as soon as he did so that was the coolest thing from this game by far, just to see see everybody celebrate and go nuts as soon as Chris Jones finally gets that sack in the third quarter, finally puts him over double digits, hits that $1.25 million incentive, and gets a nice little bonus to wrap up the season. And what we hope isn't Chris Jones' final year in Kansas City, but it's very possible that could be his final year in Kansas City. 100% could be his final year in Kansas City. And it's just, I mean... If he's looking for the money that he was looking for last year, it will be the his final year in Kansas City. Will he get that money on the open market? It remains to be seen, right? Um, but it was awesome to see everybody so stoked for him. If I'm being honest on that sack, it did look and and the person who brought this to mind was our in our group chat over here on Arrowhead Pride. Jared, our, our own Jared Sapp mentioned looked a little bit like Michael Strahan's record-setting sack against Brett Favre, where. He kind of got through the line pretty easily, and then when he got in the face of the quarterback, the quarterback just kind of gave himself up. I'm not hating on it. I don't. I don't care. Uh, he could have. He could have walked up to Easton Stick in the before the drive and said, "Bro, just go down. I'll buy you a Tesla." I, I don't care. <laughs> For, you got 1.5 million dollars on the line. Sure, throw throw 150k. And buy the dude a Tesla truck for all I care, right? You know, yeah. it's a it's a good business investment at that point. Um, but just seeing everybody so stoked and so excited for him, it's a feel-good moment. Um, I think we do got to acknowledge that there were a couple other feel-good moments that we could have had that we didn't get because players and coaches opted to have them rest. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey's thousand yard season streak did come to an end today. RIP, he had a great run. Um but he he didn't hit a thousand yards this year for the first time in uh, eight seasons, um, and then uh, Isaiah Pacheco just missed out on his thousand yards. But really, the Kelsey one's the one that's uh, yeah. You would just you it was sixteen yards. Yeah. Like if you're like if Jones is going to go out there and get his, like like it's, it's like it's sixteen yards. I, I have to imagine on Travis Kelsey uh, because this ha- this happened obviously uh, before the noon games were over. And the Detroit Lions today decided to play their starters despite the fact that it's kind of a long shot that they could really improve their standings in, in the postseason in any way. And they decided to play their starters. They went out, they got a win over the Minnesota Vikings. But the headline being that uh, their superstar rookie tight end, Sam Laporta, also suffered a knee injury in that game and had to leave the contest. And it looked like a pretty bad knee injury at the time. Now it's since come out that, you know, they're hopeful that they still have to do an MRI tomorrow, but they think it's just a hyper extension, like bone bruise type of injury that might not end his season, but could mean that he's not available for the lions in the wild card round. And he has obviously been a very important cog in that high powered lions offense this season. And right before that Sam Laporta injury, Adam Schefter reported that, Oh, Travis Kelsey only needs 16 yards to get his eighth straight thousand yard receiving. He's expected to be up today. 
like 10 minutes later, the Chiefs ruled out Travis Kelsey. So I'm willing to bet that that Laporta injury, like the Chiefs are keeping tabs across the league as they're getting ready for this game. And that Sam Laporta injury comes up. And then I don't think it's a coincidence that like 10 minutes later, the Chiefs ruled Travis Kelsey out of this game. And it's worth mentioning, like Rasheed Rice wasn't up in this game because he was dealing with an injury that he didn't practice all week. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco was really close to a thousand yards. Didn't wind up playing at all this week because he was banged up in practice this week. And he's been, he had the concussion and the shoulder issue. And like, he's been kind of playing through injuries too. Legarius Sneed's been fighting through injuries. Chris Jones had a groin injury that held him out of practice until Friday. And so at the end of the day, I I think it's a smart move to keep all those guys out. Now, luckily Chris Jones uh, appeared to come into the game, play a lot more than any of us expected him to play, come out of it totally unscathed. He got his bonus Great, but as far as the milestones go, like I get it, but Travis Kelsey's also four seasons ahead of the next closest person to him. So it feels like that's a record that could still stand the test of time in the NFL for a, a very long while. Well, yeah, and it's not like Travis Kelsey's thousand yards were tied to one point five million dollars. Yeah, like like Chris Jones's were. Um, it was just like you said, it's just stats. It's it's all vanity at that point. Stats are great. You love to have them, but at the end of the day, you play to win the game. And you play to win championships, right? And so resting the guys, getting the team that mini bye week and get as many guys healthy and rested up as possible in the long run is the smart thing to do. Because like you said, you saw Sam Laporta get injured. You saw A.J. Brown get hurt today for the for the Eagles. And then you saw on the Chiefs, I mean, man, we gotta, we're going to have to talk about the tackles here at some point during this podcast because yeah. – the Chiefs tackles got got real banged up today, and they're looking real thin. Um, Wanya Morris goes into concussion protocol. Jawan Taylor goes down with a well leg injury, and then um, and then you already have Donovan Smith out injured as well. Um, Prince Prince Tega Wanoho is is also injured currently, so you're looking at going into the playoffs with Lucas Niang and Joe Thune as your tackles. I think at this point. Yeah, it, it seemed like Jawan Taylor um, could could have just come back into the game and, and played it out and, and been uh, and been fine. I, I think like it didn't seem like it was as serious with Jawan Taylor as Wanye Morris. It was it was pretty quick. He's in the concussion protocol. He's out. Like, and that's concerning because we don't know when the Chiefs are going to play Wild Card Weekend yet. We have to wait until Sunday Night Football is decided. And we know who the winner is between the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. So Chiefs fans should be paying very close attention to that game tonight because it's going to heavily influence uh, everything about next week. And unfortunately, the NFL and the way that they have extended these schedules to increase television dollars makes it really inconvenient for the Chiefs, possibly, because they could possibly play on Saturday, Sunday or Monday next week, Rocky. And we have no idea when as of right now. So. You know, obviously, if it's Saturday, that's not great for Wanya Morris uh, clearing the NFL's concussion protocol. If it's Monday, still a long shot because it's been a little bit harder to clear that. I will say as the season's gone on, that seems to have changed a little bit. It seems like guys are clearing the concussion protocol a lot easier than they were early in the year. Um, but it, it just kind of depends on where they decide to put the Kansas City Chiefs on wildcard weekend. So We'll know more about that later this evening, but it's certainly concerning. And it's worth mentioning with Donovan Smith, um, you know, he had returned to practice and then started missing practice again. So he suffered a setback with that neck injury that he has been trying to get through uh, for the last several weeks. And so we've seen Wanya Morris become the starter for the Chiefs. And so 
they really kind of need Wanya Morris to be available because I don't think Donovan Smith is going to be ready next week. And unless all of a sudden he can practice this week, but we've kind of seen this with him over the last several weeks where it's like log a limited session, mispractice again, log a limited session, mispractice again. Like it seems like he's really fighting through a serious injury and I'm questioning whether or not he's going to be available for them the rest of the season. So if Wanya Morris isn't available, yeah, I mean, we're looking at Lucas Niang potentially playing a big role for the Chiefs here uh, in the playoffs. Well, yeah, and if, you know, Juwan Taylor presumably will be back, um, and I think I'm seeing, I'm looking at it now, it looks like he did come back into the game after that, that injury. Um, even so, you're looking at Juwan Taylor possibly lining up at left tackle and then Lucas Niang at right tackle. You're asking him to flip to a side he hasn't played all year long against, you know, a playoff caliber team. Um, fingers crossed that playoff caliber team is a TJ Wattless Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, if uh, if Miami can take care of business today, um, we'll end up getting the Steelers at home. That would be the uh, preferable route, in my opinion, versus having Miami and Tyreek Hill come back into Arrowhead and, and having to defend against them. Either way, Miami's pass rush isn't the greatest at the moment so hope you're, you're looking at two possible decent matchups if you find yourself in that scenario um but getting back to this game how about mike edwards being being very uh opportunistic on that 97 yard touchdown return let's talk let's talk about the pass rush in general you know it wasn't just chris jones lighting people up charles Aminahue had a really good game in in the snaps that he played BJ Thompson, you know, in his first first action ever, he looked pretty good. I thought on the whole, the Chiefs, the Chiefs defensive line looked really good in this game and, and really kind of blew up, you know. I know that they're hurt and I know they're injured, but really blew up the Chargers starting offensive line. It's Malik Herring had some nice plays out there today. Um, Felix and DK Uzama had a couple of nice plays, mm-hmm. and I know Chiefs fans are were eager to see him. Um you know, when you watch him and I was trying to pay close attention to him because he's a first round pick that we just haven't seen very much of this season. Like he looks like he's not there yet. Like he looks like he's still a developmental player for the Chiefs. But when he flashes, you can see like why the Chiefs had him so high on their board, why they decided to take him with the final pick uh, of the first round. And that that's all you really want to see in a week 18 matchup like. Does he look like he can dominate against these guys? Because he's basically playing against a bunch bunch of backups. And I thought he looked pretty good. Like he made some plays and, and had some opportunities there. And to highlight, like, you know, I, I thought the Chiefs pass rush and really the defense as a whole was just really laying some hits on Sunday. Like Chris Jones, just to further highlight, like how hard he was going to try to get that sack. According to Next Gen Stats, um, he he recorded 12 pressures on his 31 pass rushes. That's tied for the most pressures in a game by any pass rusher this season. And so Chris Jones was really getting after Easton sick and it took him till the third quarter, but he finally did. But yeah, I agree with you. Like I think there's a lot of positives to take away in this matchup about the chiefs overall depth and what we saw from the pass rush up front and what we saw from the secondary, like, we saw we still saw some familiar names out there. Like these aren't guys that have just been on the bench all season long. Like they're guys that are getting reps. They're just not guys that are playing, you know, 70 to 90% of the snaps on a weekly basis. Like they're rotational players. And so to see them play get out there and get a ton of work, they looked really good for the most part. I mean, they they didn't allow a touchdown. And when they and when the Chargers did get into the red zone, the defense put the clamps on them and held them to field goals every single time they did it. Yeah. And 
I mean, you want to talk about about like it's a week eighteen, quote unquote, meaningless game in the second half. The Chiefs' secondary, good lord, they were like knocking the Holy Spirit out of people. You know, every time they caught the ball, they were laying the wood, bringing the head stick, whatever you want to call it. You know, um, the Chiefs' secondary was really just going for it, and they weren't they weren't letting up. They were they were hitting people the moment they caught the ball. They were clean hits. I mean, they looked great. And going back to Felix and Duque Uzama for a moment, you know, you, you, we, he is still a work in progress. Um, our own Nate Christensen, I think, said on Twitter, he said, you know, I agree with him. His pass rush plan looks good. Uh, he just got to get, get stronger. He needs to put some weight on. Um, he's so, he, he's, he doesn't have the functional strength to win in the NFL at this point. He looked good in run defense, though. Um, his get off needs a little bit of work on his timing. He needs to get off a little bit quicker. Um, but all in all, I thought he looked really good. Um, I thought that uh, that the linebackers even looked really good in this game. I thought on the whole, like pretty much anybody who played for the Chiefs defense just really kind of stepped in and, and and played their part and did their role. And and Joshua Williams had a, had a couple of penalties, but and but him and Jalen Watson were lo- pretty much locking guys down on the outside. And made a lot of really good defensive plays in this game. Uh, and that was great to see from them. And I know the Chargers wide receivers they had out there today weren't, you know, necessarily uh, the the elite type of guys that you're going to go up against in the postseason or anything. But like Joshua Palmer is a nice NFL wide receiver who has really made some plays this season. Obviously, Easton Six throwing him the ball, but it was just nice to see those guys uh, become those full-time players because we've seen them rotate in and out a lot this season. And we obviously know Trent McDuffie and Jerry Sneed are are the key guys in that secondary, but Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams are nice cornerbacks for the chiefs. They've drafted and developed and and have really been able to make some plays for them. So I, I thought it was great to see those guys out there. And one of the players I was most curious about, and I think I talked about this last week with Pete on one of the Arrowhead pride reports was that, I was excited to see Chamari Connor. Um, I, I think Chamari Connor is really one of the more exciting under the radar chiefs, like who's got a, a chance to be another one of those kind of like Swiss Army knife secondary members that they can really develop and turn into a, a serious player here in the next year or two. And we've seen him flash that potential all throughout the season in, in a, a really limited sample size on the defensive side of the ball. And he leaves today's game with uh, what I expect is a concussion, like just absolutely just turns into a missile and hit the Chargers players so hard that I think he concussed himself and then got up really wobbly. And like, it was pretty apparent, like, oh no, he needs to go get checked on. But like, just that kind of attitude is what we saw from them all day. Like everybody in that secondary. And it's one of my favorite parts about this Chiefs defense, Rocky, is that Nobody in that secondary is afraid to go lay a hit on a dude. They are all willing to go lay you out. And you see it on a weekly basis. And I feel like it's one of those things that we kind of forget about too. But everybody in that secondary is good at tackling. Everybody wants to go hit somebody. And Chamari Connor did it so well today that he hurt himself in the process. Oh, my God. that was Chamari Connor was, was like just a downhill bullet, you know, and you're right. He did hurt himself in the process. But he is one of those guys – that is, he's, he's also an excellent special teamer, right? And so he's one of those guys that that seeks out contact. He's a leadership. He's a leader in the locker room in, uh, in college. And he's just one of those guys that's like any coach you talk to about Jamari Connor, one of the first things they say is how much he loves playing football. Like he's just one of those guys who just loves playing football. 
and the, you get a team full of those guys, especially on defense, and you start to develop a mentality and an attitude, which is where you get a secondary that's not afraid to seek out contact. You know, you see a lot of um, of top flight cornerbacks in this league, and a lot of them are jumping routes. A lot of them are good at defending the pass, maybe creating turnovers. But they're not going to step up and run defense. Run defense. And they're not going to make a wide receiver think 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 twice about going over the middle, right? And the good thing about the Chiefs' defense is they're hard hitters, but they're clean hitters. Like you don't you don't see any of our guys, you know, developing a reputation as headhunters or leading with their helmets or anything like that. They're they're out there. They're doing it the right way, and they're just giving it everything they got, and they're and they're going after it. Um, and also, just want to mention one other highlight on the defense this week is rookie Cam Jones in his first, you know, start of, of his career comes out and gets twelve tackles, leads the team in tackles in this game. You know, a guy who who who's seen very limited work prior to today comes out, gets tons of snaps, is is called upon to step up in a big way, and does so. And so, you know, hats off to. You know, to Cam Jones for his for his big day. Um, one one interesting thing that I I I looked up, I just saw it when you mentioned Chris Jones' 33% pass rush win rate today that resulted in one tackle. Like oh, he, <laughs> like he was very single-mindedly in every I, single snap. I he, did he had no that. interest in playing run defense today. His I only did. tackle was a sack. I noticed that on a few plays where it was like obvious handoffs or like clear setup quick screen to the outside or something like that. Like uh, plays where Chris Jones has no opportunity to sack the quarterback. He just kind of stood up and, and just was standing there hanging out. <laughs> like if it had, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting hurt on, on a run play. Like if I'm going to get hurt, it's yeah. going to be for that million dollars. A hundred percent. If it hadn't, if it hadn't been for those screen passes and those run plays, he probably would have had an 85% pass rush win rate today. Yeah. You know, it, he was very, very single-minded in his approach to playing football this afternoon, as he should have been. Yeah, I, I do. There was, there's a lot of things to feel good about in this Chiefs performance, even in a kind of meaningless game. But uh, it's also worth mentioning: wide receiver Justin Ross left the game with a hamstring injury. Kind of a bummer for you know a, a player we were hoping to see something out of this season. Obviously, it hasn't gone uh, the way he would have liked it, and maybe not the way the Chiefs would have liked it. Um, you know, he he did make a couple of catches from Blaine Gabbert, but winds up leaving the game with a hamstring injury. McCole Hardman had some nice plays, um, despite the fact that Blaine Gabbert's interception was a play where McCole Hardman just totally gave up on the route midway through for some reason. But other than that, when he did actually catch the ball, like he made a few plays and looked nice for the Chiefs, which, you know, he could wind up being a difference maker for them. Possibly he could wind up being a guy that get, has a bigger role in the playoffs than we really anticipate right now because – we don't know if Kadarius Tony's going to play, or even if he is healthy, we don't know how much he's actually going to be on the field because uh, of how ne- negative an impact he has generally had when he's been in the offense this season. So it, it was just nice to see McCall Hardman get back into the mix and get those opportunities on Sunday. Cause I do think he's going to wind up having a bigger role than all of us probably think as we head into the playoffs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You, you don't want to see him stop on a route like he did that. That kind of sucked. Um, but end of the day with six catches for 77 yards is a decent day. I feel like they were – A, he was the best wide receiver on the field for the Chiefs by a wide margin um, and with the most experience. So they, they, he was heavily game-planned. He probably knows the offense better than most of the guys that were out there today. Um, 
but also you, you had the feeling that they were trying to knock the rust off for the playoffs a little bit with McColl. Like yeah. he hasn't had a lot of snaps. He's been injured. He has, he's healthy now. And with them probably putting Tony on ice a little bit, they need another guy who they, who has some speed, who could be a playmaker, right? You got to have a guy to give a jet sweep to. You got to have a guy you can throw a wide receiver screen to. You got to have a guy who can stretch the field. And obviously they're, if they're, if they're if they're dialing back MVS and Tony's opportunities yeah. as they rightly should, then you got to have somebody else to step up that you're going to throw those plays to. And McCole Hardman's the obvious the obvious choice. It's either the best choice, maybe not. There were some concentration drops today. He it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows from McCole Hardman out there. He he wasn't he wasn't yeah. some superstar. But he was. I mean, he he was who we expect him to be. Like he exactly, was McCole exactly. Hardman. He yeah. was McCole Hardman today. Like it, it, he is who you think he is at this point in his career. You know exactly who McCole Hardman is, and to his credit, McCole Hardman is himself. Like, like yeah. he is truly himself and in every every aspect. He he did have a couple of nice plays where I, I think, and some of that was just like him, like being juiced up to be back out there. Like he did have one where a Chargers defender was draped all over him, and he had to fight him for the football. And then you know he tried to fight through tackles and pick up extra yardage, like. That's the kind of stuff you want to see from him because I, I don't think it's the kind of plays that you can always rely on Kadarius Tony to make. Um, as we've seen over the course of the season, uh, we can't rely on MBS to make those. We certainly know that. And so, like, come wild card weekend, if you can get two splash plays out of McCole Hardman in that game, I think you're pretty happy with that result, especially if they come at the expense of a player like MBS or something, because we, we know what a negative he's been when he's on the field this season. So it's like Justin Watson, Rasheed Rice, McCole Hardman, and then, you know, a little sprinkle of Kadarius Tony and MBS in there. And maybe you, you have something in the passing game in the postseason, as long as Travis Kelsey's healthy and Isaiah Pacheco's good to go. Like you, maybe you got something there. I'm not saying I want to rely on McCole Hardman a ton in the playoffs, but if you can get one or two splash plays from him in a postseason game, I think that's a win for the Kansas City Chiefs. But well, on his on his best days, that's what MVS gave you was one or two splash yeah. plays with, for the most part. And and let's let's be honest, MVS's route tree at this point is okay, fly pattern, post pattern, maybe a crossover the middle. It's nothing super super extravagant. Everything that MVS runs, McCall Hardman can run as well, if not better. Plus, he also brings the jet sweep and the wide receiver screen aspects that MVS doesn't, right? And so he gives you a little bit of both Tony and MVS in the same package. And those and those two have been such a detriment to, at this point that any positive that Hardman gives you is better than what you had. And so you're almost killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, you're you're right in uh, just what he can give you in the screen game compared to a player like MVS because MVS is not a he doesn't get up to speed fast. He's a guy that needs 20 yards to really hit that top gear. <laughs> and McCall Hardman can actually get up to speed pretty quickly, uh, which is something that he is not capable of. So I think that's a really good call. So we'll have everything you need to know at arrowheadpride.com this week. As I mentioned, uh, stay locked into Sunday night football. Uh, the outcome of that football game heavily impacts who the Kansas City Chiefs will face on wildcard weekend. If the Miami Dolphins win, then the Kansas City Chiefs will face the Pittsburgh Steelers next week. If the Bills win, then the Chiefs will play the Dolphins next week. That is how it is set up right now. Um, obviously, you know, Tyreek Hill coming back to Kansas City and all of that, like 
that's great. Great storyline. It's kind of what you want to see in the NFL, but give me the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to, I want to win in advance. I that's, that's all I care about. So the easiest path to an AFC championship game is all that really matters for me when it comes to the chiefs. I don't care about storylines. I don't care about talking points. Let's just survive in advance and get to another AFC championship game. I'll take, I'll take Mason Rudolph and George Pickens. Over and TJ, and TJ Watt Kitt. suffered an injury and, today. And TJ Watt suffered an injury against Tua, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill. And I will I'll take Mike Tomlin as a as a as a head coach and their offensive play calling versus Mike McDaniels any day too. So um yeah, it's the, the Dolphins are the much scarier team, even though they're a warm weather team coming to a cold, cold environment. I you you don't you just don't you want to kick a hornet's nest in the playoffs because you never know what's going to happen, right? You always want to take the better matchup. Um, so we'll have everything you need to know this week at arrowheadpride.com. So stay locked in there. Uh, me and Pete will be back a little late tomorrow morning. I know we usually have the uh Arrowhead Pride report for you bright and early, but we got to move things back, adjust the schedule a little bit with this playoffs scheduling. So We'll be there for you on the Arrowhead Pride Report. It's just going to be coming your way a little bit later. Then we'll have uh, the Arrowhead Pride editor shows also returning in the afternoon. So be on the lookout for that. I don't know if we're going to have the post-game press conferences for you after the commercial break, but I'm going to do my best to find them. So if they're there on the podcast, just know that we got them for you. I- I'm I'm working on it. We're figuring things out. We're still doing things on the fly. It- it's week 18. We- we- we're shorthanded here in-, in a meaningless football game, but... Chiefs pick up a win. He's Rocky Magani. You can follow him on Twitter at Rocky Magani. I'm Steven Sertz, where you can find me. Follow Kramer at Kramer Talks. We will talk to you guys next week as we prepare for a Chiefs wildcard matchup against either the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Miami Dolphins. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. Kansas City Chiefs take down the Los Angeles Chargers in Week 18 to improve to 11-6 on the regular season. After the game, we heard from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. All right. Um, as far as the injuries go... Um, Wanye Morris um, banged his head and is in the concussion uh, protocol. Um, Justin Ross came out with a hamstring, and uh, Jalen Watson got knee in the calf. So I, I think for the most part we came out relatively healthy. 
Thank, uh, thank you to the fans for showing up and doing a nice job. Um, what a game on both sides. I mean, Giff uh, rallying these guys to play like they are um, really shows the character of the team and uh, what they can do. I was proud of our young guys for the <clears throat> for the job that they did, um, and uh, and then uh, Blaine Gabbard with the <laughs> with the long runs. I mean, who would have thought that um, he did a great job with it? P Ryan, McColl, you know, they, these guys they did a nice job. The offensive line kind of makeshifted in there, and we were able to get some young guys reps. It was great to get uh, Chris that sack, the one sack, and. Um, Took him a little bit, but he had I think eight hurries getting there, so he really played a good game. But um, it took him a while to get actual sack. Uh, Mike Edwards uh, with a touchdown off of Charles's uh, big hit, and then Malik and the other young guys. I thought just finished finished the game off uh, well. The the stand down uh, in the red zone there, goal line area, uh, to make that kick a, a field goal. I thought that was big. So by that time, yours. How much did that sack mean to Chris? You, know, you could see by the response of the players that it meant it meant a bunch. Um, uh, not only to him, but to, to the guys. They were all on board pulling for him, and uh, uh, that's kind of the neat thing about that. So, uh, but yeah, it, it, yeah, that's a couple of cheeseburgers right there that he made. So, <laughs> what, what, what went into your decision to to allow him to play until he got that set? Yeah, well, first of all, he he wanted to, the opportunity, so um, gave him the opportunity. Uh, start off with third downs, and then, and as it went on, he played a couple first and second downs. But he, you know, he wanted to get that done. Andy, sort of corollary to that, Travis didn't play. Can you just describe what went into the decision to? Yeah, Travis might. He is a humble, humble guy, and so he just. It, it's different because of the financial part of it with, with Chris. He didn't want to be selfish or come across as selfish. I mean, everybody's, all the players want him to play, but he just goes, you know what? I don't like the way it feels. Um, he's not into that. And so he chose not to play. And um, um, I, I completely understand it, uh, but that's that's him. I mean, that's, most guys would have gone out and probably done it, but he, he, uh, he said, I've got a lot of records, uh, this one here, um, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to do it this way. And coach, if it was his call, would you have allowed him to go and get the 17 yards and then take it? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, yeah. Coach, with uh, McCall was able to put together a solid game. Um, what's your thoughts on his performance and you know him going forward? You know, as far as joining that receiver room. Yeah, he. Um, I thought he did a did a nice job out there. A couple of things he can work on, but he, he he played hard, and it was good experience for him to get out there, just kind of getting back into that football shape, play after play after play. So, um, uh, and we'll see, we'll see where it goes from there. But you know, we know McColl, we know what he can do, and so um, you know, I, I just think the getting out and playing was the biggest thing for him. He hadn't been had a chance to do that. Uh, different things with your line, you kind of had to with some of the injuries, but um, you had, I guess, Creed back in the guard and was out ready to play center. Or had, had yeah, um, yeah, the Caliendo and uh, both those two were kind of rotating in there, and then uh, we had the other, the three starters, the inside three, they were kind of rotated guard, and then Joe, you know, we had the injury, Joe went outside for a little bit, did that, so yeah, we had guys all over the place, but they all could play, that's why Andy's trained the guys, they all know all the positions and
jump in and, and go. Gertrude, how does this win today help you guys, uh, just the mentality in the locker room for the playoffs next week? Yeah, so, I mean, it's good to get the win, for sure. I mean, we came 2,000 miles to to get a win. And uh, the guys, I, I thought they, I, I think it, it uplifts you, especially for those young guys who don't have a chance to play, to say, hey, listen, I got in. Not only did I get in, but we won the game. I think that's positive. How much of a lift did it give you defense? They had a pair of two 18-play drives. You got the fumble. Return for the TV on that first one, but on the second one, held the field goal. Yeah, no, I thought that was great. I mean, that was a that was a nice job by uh, by our defense. And listen, I'm, the the coordinators had simplified things down so the guys could play fast, and that's what they did. And uh, uh, so I, that was good. That was a good thing. We good. All right, thank you. All right, thank you.